The Comic Book Time Machine, Episode 70, Justice League Gods and Monsters, Part 3, Wonder Woman. What if Elseworlds, stunning sagas of alternate realities that can't, couldn't, or shouldn't exist? This is another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine where we are going to be taking that side jaunt in fictional history into another world of familiar names, if not familiar faces. And this is another episode where we're experimenting with form as we are going through this series day by day. And it's another comic book time machine episode where i am joined by another time traveler i'm ben ben avery and joining me here just stepping out of the comic book time machine from a trip back in time to august 5th 2015 is evan david evan welcome thank you ben good to be back here in good old august like a month ago yeah (laughs) (laughs) so here we are uh We've just gone back in time to continue our look at Justice League Gods and Monsters with a comic book that is entitled Justice League Gods and Monsters Wonder Woman. Indeed. And if you would like to start at the beginning and read this uh, or listen rather to our our coverage of the Gods and Monsters, you can go to comicbooktimemachine.com slash gods and monsters where in the previous episodes we have talked about gods and monsters Batman, then Gods and Monsters, Superman, and now the third in that trinity of Justice League heavy hitters, Wonder Woman. Yes. Now, Ben, before we even get started on this thing, let's 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 put it out there. Okay. Tell me what's going now on. That, now that we're now that we've done Superman and Batman, and we're going to do Wonder Woman, let me ask you this. Of the three reimagined big three, which is your favorite reimagining? Isn't that really more of a question to wait for the end? Okay, fine. <laughs> we can wait to the end. I just thought if it was Wonder Woman, people would be more interested in wondering, get it wondering about this episode. Oh, um, well, okay. All right. Well, could it be Wonder Woman for you? It is actually. Really? Yes, and I thought that might surprise you. She is my favorite of the reimaginings. Really? I think of the reimaginings, she's the one, and, and we'll, I think we'll really get into it later, but she's the one that the concept stands on its own if it wasn't related to, well, really, two DC characters. Because of the characters in Gods and Monsters, each one of these characters, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, are not the Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman that we know. Correct. So, Batman is Kirk Langstrom, who is actually Man Bat in the regular DC Universe stories. Um, well, I say regular DC Universe stories. I don't know if there is a regular DC Universe anymore. Yeah. But in what would pass Classic. for, well, yeah, what would pass for regular DC Universe stories, uh, Kirk Langstrom is actually Man Bat, and he's kind of cursed with uh, like a chemical vampirism brought on not by supernatural vampire bites or whatever, but brought on by 
uh, chemical experimentation on himself. And that origin is still there for Batman. And that origin for Superman is still kind of there. Rocketed to Earth as a baby uh, from exploding planet Krypton. And he's brought up and raised by, um, in this universe, migrant workers. And then he goes on to start a career, you know, fighting evil. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and we haven't talked about who he actually is. We're not going to talk about who he actually is because it hasn't been revealed in the stories that we have covered up to this point. And so story-wise, we're not supposed to know who he is. We watch the trailer to the movie, so we do know who he is. But Right. He's not All Cal-Ed. I know is Pa Kent is not in the comic book. Right. And it is not Kal-El. It is not the son of Jor-El and Lara. It is yes. son of someone else and someone. Wonder Woman, on the other hand, is a character that... I was not familiar with and found out that I may have read something with her in it, but I'm still not real familiar with who she is. Um, her first appearance is in a graphic novel by Jack Kirby that I have called Hung- hungry dogs or something like that. Hunger dogs. Uh, I, ho- I own it somewhere. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> I've been looking for it, but uh, wonder woman is Becca from uh, like Darkseid's family, or no, 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 she's not from Darkseid's family. She married Orion, right? The son of Darkseid. And I thought this was just a made-up character for this series. I had no idea she had actual any history in the DC universe. So that's I am with you right cool. there. I I didn't know that she had any history until I looked it up. Yeah, just to see on the off chance, and it turns out she actually does have a small history, not much, but some. Um. But we don't know that from here in this, except for there's talk of boom tubes. And she looks like she has come straight from Jack Kirby's fourth world or whatever it is that the new gods are from. But because Becca is kind of a blank slate in my mind, and maybe even in the general DC universe, and this is Wonder Woman, you know, in name only in that regard. I felt like this was the character who stood alone the most and the best. I agree. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm going to have to think about your question about if she's my favorite of the three. But that's a good that's a good question for this this episode, which caps off the 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 solo adventures, because our next yeah. episode is actually going to be about the origin of the Justice League itself and how yes. they come together. And then we'll talk about the movie, which is the the main story that all this is building up to. So it's a good question. Cause now they're hooked. Cause wonder woman's my favorite. And now they'll have to wait till the end of the episode to find out who your favorite was. So I think we got them. Okay. The audience sure, is secure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the audience cares that much about what I think, but we'll, we'll uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's what we've got here. Um, we've got this comic and we also have a short film. That was uh, like Batman and Superman. She had her own short film. It was called Big. And no, it was not about her finding a fortune telling machine (laughs) and wishing that she could be big. And then suddenly she's in an adult body and trying to make her way in the big city. And dancing on a piano. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's something else. Um, But this is, again, her. It's not her origin story. 
It, yeah. it it is, but it isn't because her origin story happens before this issue. This is kind of how she became who she is here on Earth. And her first adventure, so to speak, or adventures here on Earth. And then Big is just a, a quick solo adventure that she has. Um possibly possibly while she's still with or or is actually with the Justice League. But we can talk about when things happen. Um, so, yeah, here we start in 1962 and she ends up in India. She's being chased through a boom tube by a dinosaur creature <laughs> and she's nursed back to life or back to health rather than she travels the earth. Yeah. And I start just starting out. I was a little disappointed that we it's a cold open. The boom tube comes out of nowhere and we don't. Like that's that's the only way you know she's from that that new gods ish place. Or, yeah. And uh, and I was disappointed we didn't get more of that in the comic book. But then I was I was satisfied with later through things that we'll see later. But yeah, right she there that, there she knows uh, her memory slowly returns, and she actually says this is narrated by her, and she says I know who I am, uh, Becca of New Genesis, granddaughter of High Father, but where am I? And so, I mean, she right there places herself uh, in in where who she is, where she belongs in the in the DC universe, or where she would have been in the DC universe. And it, then she explains that she's been through a whole lot. She escaped some sort of nightmare on Apocalypse. The boom tube carried her around with cruel randomness from world to world. That's how that dinosaur thing was chasing her was from another world that who knows where that was. Hmm. And then she comes to this place and she's going to live here. She's going to stay here. She sees an elephant God statue and it wordlessly speaks to her um, as if to say, you know what? This is where the mother box brought you just stay. So she does. She wanders the earth in half a page and there's some interest. Yeah. You know, and then she ends up uh, she ends up in a bar in Northern California during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And then we get her reacting to JFK's assassination. We get a two page little event where she finds some people in Mississippi. They're about to kill uh, two black men and she goes in to to rescue them. But doesn't go as the way she would want it to go. Um, and everyone ends up dead except for her. And she is, this is an emotional story. I mean, they're, they're not shying away from the emotions of, of her, her character. Um, the story starts in earnest in 1967 in New York city, where she comes across hippies and drug culture. <laughs> and, yep. and she says, these are the people for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> She does. I mean, she's not because it's not because of the drugs. In fact, she actually helps someone come down from a really bad trip. And it was hallucinating and screaming. And she she uses her, uh, I don't know, boom tube powers or something to to cause that person to be able to you know escape the bad trip. But then she ends up going to a commune where um, where the Harrys are. And. <laughs> 
now you know you hear the word Harry's and it's used to describe hippies, right? You know, and I I can I'm just imagining in my mind I'm I'm associating hippies and harikaris, or I'm not sure if, if it is that the is that the plural of a noun? Harikaris? I do not know. Hari Krishnas, not Hari Kari. Hari Kari is when you kill yourself. <laughs> the, the Krishnas, Hari Krishna. Oh man, too bad I don't edit things. Um, it's going to look like an <laughs> idiot now, but yeah. And so she helps them open their minds to the cosmos, but as usually she, in technology, right, right. Uh, but then she also discovers that there's something going on behind, uh, you know, some closed doors in the commune, and that there's a lab. And there's experimentation happening, and the experimentation is actually on humans, and they're being turned into these mindless monster animal type things. Right, and it's under cover of he's just trying to develop drugs that'll help you get a better high, a safer high. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Which she's all for, especially after having that that girl who just had that terribly bad trip. But he, she gets injected with it, or she gets. I mean, she has something, the drugs go into her and she starts having flashbacks to apocalypse and seeing all the people around her. And, and then she, she realizes it's a hallucination and basically the commune just kind of falls apart and, and, uh, and then the monsters get set loose and there's battle. And then she, you know, I might give away the ending, but. Um, she ends up having to leave to go travel the earth some more because she can't stay there. She doesn't belong there. But here's where we find out, you know, who's behind that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the name of the guy who's behind that stuff is uh, is Dyke, Dr. Psycho, right? Yes. And I know the name, but I don't know if I've ever actually read any comics where he's the main villain. Well... He's a guy. I mean, he's well known, isn't he? Um, it's a, it's Identity Crisis, right? No, that's Doctor Light. No, that's Doctor Light. Yeah, that's um, Doctor Light. Again, I should probably edit things so I don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> but yeah. he, he's a he's a mainstream DCU villain. Um, but here, I think his origins are different. He's because he's he's usually like an older man in the DC Comics universe, but here he's he's one of the hippies. But right. he's he's taken, you know, he's taken the drugs the wrong way, and he's making experiments and monsters and stuff. Um, I think the only comic I remember reading him in was uh, Infinite Crisis, and he was just the side character in there. Well, and and he then, when all this is done, you know, the hippies are gonna have they have new new Genesis, which yeah, I thought that was kind of fun, and, uh, and she leaves them behind because she can't. And really, she's kind of that lone wanderer. You could almost picture this being a Wonder Woman TV show in the 80s where she's just traveling from place to place to place. Right. You know, no place can be her home and she can stay there until they find out what she really is. And then she has to move on. But that's 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 her story here. And then her story in the the big uh, short video animated short is there's a mission and Steve Trevor has been sent by president Waller on this mission from stop to stop a secret weapon that's going to be sent out. And it turns out that the secret weapon uh, is giganta 
Now, that's a Wonder Woman villain. Yep. But not in this form. It's a giant robot that has like, I don't know, some sort of nuclear warhead or something. I don't know exactly. <laughs> it's just nuclear powered or something. Yeah, it's just a giant robot. So yep. they have to fight the giant robot. And the twist is that Steve Trevor is like, Wonder Woman, I don't need your help. And she's like, okay. And so she lets Steve Trevor fight the thing. And finally he's okay. Okay. I need your help. And so Wonder Woman joins the fight and uh, then they, they defeat it. And she uses the boom tube technology and it's kind of cool. And then afterward, um, Steve Trevor is, you know, going to call Waller to tell her the mission was successful, but Wonder Woman stops him and says, you know what? Uh, I'm very attracted to you right now, and I would like to act <laughs> upon that attraction. Please. I don't think she says please. No. No. But the intent is what I'm saying, in that they are going to act upon their attraction right there, right then, in the field of battle, with some of his <laughs> dead men around yep. them. <laughs> um Flaming robot parts are strewn across the floor. Yeah, you know, flaming robot parts, I can live with. Flaming robot yeah, the parts. Dead, the dead people. Dead comrades, not so much. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's his band of brothers that's smears on the floor. But, um, yeah. And that's actually, I watched that before I read the comic. And so I was afraid that this thing right here was going to be, like, the big trait for her. Right. You know? The end of the Batman one was what's the big trait? Uh, he's a vampire. Yep. You know, the end of the Superman one is what's the big trait? Um, he's not going to go out of his way to sacrifice anything to stop a bad guy from killing. He's just going to do take the easy, easiest way. And what's the big trait here? Um, she's defined by her sexuality. And I was very, very relieved to find that. Well, yes, the sexuality is a part of her character. It's not the defining part of her character. Yes. Uh, the defining part of her character, honestly, especially in this comic, to me, is her emotion and her um, empathy and her really her desire to to help people. Yeah. Which I was surprised again by this because the other two guys, they aren't. They aren't driven by that. They aren't driven by empathy. They're, you know, they're driven by hunger and power. Exactly. And so, yeah, you're right. This one, I read this one last uh, because you usually should. Wonder Woman is my least favorite. Yeah, but the, it, it's the it's that's the order to read it in. That's the order they came out in. Yeah. So. It, but I was I was very surprised by the redeemability of her character in in. The fact that she's in such a dark universe, I was it was a pleasant surprise to hear to read uh, somebody a little bit more like we're used to from the DC Comics heroes. So I'm glad that they at least have one character in there that is uh, that has a heart and motives uh, that are a little bit more pure than the other guys we've seen. Yeah, yeah. So what we do when we talk about Elseworlds and what if stories is I have four questions that I want to ask. And basically these four questions kind of get into, does this story have a reason to exist beyond just capitalizing on uh, intellectual property, you know, and in, in trying to find just some sort of twist on the new, you know, 
what's a twist on Wonder Woman that'll make people like Wonder Woman? Yeah. Or, you know, it, it's, it's, does it have a reason to exist as a story? Does it, does it have value as a story? And, and those four questions are, uh, does it stand alone as a story? And the, the implied question behind that is basically, would it work without the implied knowledge of the character? If you didn't know who Wonder Woman was, would you be able to read this and be able to understand what's going on? Uh, it also like, especially for what ifs with what, with Marvel, where they say, you know, what if this story that you read 20 years ago actually went this direction instead? And in that way, sometimes you actually have to have an intimate knowledge of, of particular storylines, too. Yeah. And so that's what this question is about. The second question is, does it explore the character in a way that reveals what makes him or her tick? And we kind of have to answer that question two ways with these guys. Because we're asking the question about Wonder Woman, but we're also asking the question about Becca. Mm-hmm. Three, does it reveal anything? Does it reveal anything new about the character? Uh, and then four, is it fun? And then we also we talk about themes and we'll talk about plot points and stuff like that. But with this here, question number one with the comic, yeah, I think it stands alone as a story. I think I already said that. And yeah, the, the, I agree. Of all three characters, this is the one character that actually kind of does the best of being its own character. All three do, but this one does the best. Yeah, you you could pick up this not having read a single DC comic at all and still find an interesting story. I think so, too. I think so, too. Now, obviously, you know, there's taste involved as well. Like, is this the kind of story you would want to read? Kind of a, a really a period piece. Yeah, uh, and real heavy on the hippie culture. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're going. It, it's set from 1962 to 1968, and it spends most of its time parked right in there at 1968 or 69. So, does in it? The hippie yeah. <laughs> does it explore the character in a way that reveals what makes him or her tick? Well, for Becca, I don't know, but it definitely explores Becca. Yeah. You know, I just don't know if it's actually revealing anything about Becca that would reflect anything about the character from the regular DC universe. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if you'd learn anything about Di- Princess Diana, Wonder Woman. Um, no, yeah, I, th- I, I agree with I th- you. I think you do learn about Becca. I mean, you learn that she's got a, a heart of, you know, compassion and she wants the world to be a better place. But yeah, like we said, there's nothing to allude to Princess Diana. Right. And we talked about how with Superman and Batman, there was kind of that negative image. Yeah. You know, I mean, we learn a little bit about Kal-El by looking at what this Superman doesn't do when he's dealing with Brainiac, for example. Mm-hmm. And with with this, though, yeah, the, the, the comparison isn't isn't as strong. You know, Diana and and Becca... I guess there is one, uh, you know, you could make the similarity of they're from another world. Yeah. And then they're cast into our world to and act as a hero in our world. To me, Becca seems if I was to if I were to walk up and meet either of those two women, Becca seems a lot more approachable to me than Diana does. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Diana, well, yeah, Diana in Wonder Woman comics feels more like a princess, feels more like royalty. Um, And in some instances, 
actually some of my my favorite stories with Wonder Woman in it, it that actually sets her apart from the common man. Like she can't understand our world or man's world or whatever you want to call it, um, right. because she is royalty. She is royalty. Now, my two favorite stories with Wonder Woman in it are not part of regular canon, either <laughs> any of the real canon that would be post-1986, pre-1986, or New 52. Those canon, uh, my favorite two stories with Wonder Woman in are, are uh, New Frontier. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And uh, Flashpoint, the, the Flashpoint summer series. That, have you read those? I have not. I watched the film, and that was enough to turn me away. What? Yes, I know. I, I knew, I've been waiting to bring that up to you and Daniel because I knew you would scold me for such an opinion. Well, I mean, the movie itself is really a Cliff Notes version because, you know, I'm looking at my shelf. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven graphic novels that comprise the, the Flashpoint story. Wow. Stories. And because you have the stuff that leads up to the creation of that universe. And then you have a whole bunch of series set in that universe. And then you have the, the main flashpoint series. That's basically the movie um, that the, you know, those stories are kind of skirting around, but yeah, the world of flashpoint is, I like it. I like it. It's a great big long elseworlds. Yeah. Except it's canon. Yes and no. I mean, it then sets it, it then the new fifty two is created out of it. I know that's one of the reasons I don't like. It. <laughs> oh, but see, I don't care because new fifty two was nothing to me. I mean, I read Aquaman from New Fifty Two and Swamp Thing from New Fifty Two, right? But the New Fifty Two, I didn't care that New Fifty Two was a thing. Um, I was excited about Flashpoint because it was self contained. It starts in one universe and ends in another universe. And in the middle, there's a third universe. And I enjoyed that third universe. So plus Aquaman was a huge, huge part of it. Right. Wasn't and, it evil? Uh, evil. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he did things that weren't good in the service of his people, I guess. Okay. But Wonder Woman was involved tightly with his story. Right. So. And again, in both of those stories, um, she's regal. She's royal. She is definitely, you know, a goddess who knows she is a goddess. She knows exactly who she is uh, compared to the people of Earth. But she hasn't learned her place in, in with the people of Earth, which is what happens in the comic series that, you know, the, the regular series. I, I haven't read very much Wonder Woman in the in. In monthly Neither form. have I. I think my favorite Wonder Woman. Uh, there's a comic issue where uh, she and Superman go on an adventure together for like a thousand years. That <laughs> one was pretty good. And uh, then there is uh, Kingdom Come. I enjoyed her characterization in that story. Oh, well. that's a good one. That's a good one. Have you ever read any Astro City? I've read one issue of Astro City, and that was the main guy who, like, the Superman analog. The Samaritan. And, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, there, there's there's the, the Wonder Woman analog in there. there. Those are some good stories. And have you ever read, this is me getting to know you in front of everybody else. 
<laughs> Have you ever read the oversized Paul Dini uh, comics? There's uh, Batman War on Crime. Um, oh, yes, yes, I have. I I don't remember if I read the Wonder Woman one. I read the Superman one. Superman Peace on Earth. That was a real good one. I think Wonder Woman is, is Wonder Woman Power of Hope? Or is that I, Shazam? I don't know. I don't know if I've read hers. Well, that's another she, good Wonder Woman story, though. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, in fact, the the Batman and Superman ones, those are possibly my favorite Batman and Superman stories of all time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's saying something. Well, in comic form, because I cannot get away from the original Superman movie. Right. That just huge impression, huge stamp on my heart when I was three or four. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so as far as Wonder Woman, then, does this explore the character in a way that reveals what makes him or her tick? Not really, but definitely Becca. Does it reveal anything new about the character? Rebecca, yeah, because yeah. I had no idea who she was. Absolutely knew. And, and who knows if this is the, an actual reflection of actual Becca? That's the question. The canon, yeah. So it, it might just be all new. Everything is revealed new about the character because it's a new characterization of her. She doesn't even have the same hair color as she does originally in the comics. So, yeah, I I just just don't know anything about her. So, question number four though: Is it fun? Is it good? Is it artistic? Is it uh, a story that you enjoyed reading? This one, I still don't know if I classify it as fun. It's definitely more fun than the other books. But it's, it's. I think it still falls short of fun for me. Uh, just because of all the hippie drug stuff. Well, it's it, it still goes to some dark places, even though it's yeah. not... The character, Becca, is not as dark as Superman and Batman. Right. In her, you know, she is basically being, you know, our world is dark for her. And it's a tough place. Just saying something. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a tough place. I mean, she's she's witnessing some of the worst of humanity early on. And then with the commune, she's witnessing some of the worst of humanity taking advantage of some basically innocent humanity and yeah so it's not a yeah i'd agree it's not necessarily a fun story but i did enjoy as the story unfolded before me how how it was unfolding um it's yeah and it's it's an artistic uh, the art i enjoy the art in the book and the story itself is artfully told i believe so yep yeah yeah so how was the title then Gods and monsters. Is that, does that come out in this one? Well, technically yes, because she's a new God. And if you don't know much about the new gods, they're, they're not like the Greek gods. They're like super powerful aliens. So I'm going to compare them to Asgardians from the Marvel cinematic universe. Sure. Sure. Uh, but they live a long time. Uh, they can be killed. So you can't really call them a deity, I guess they're, but yeah, uh, I mean, they call themselves the new gods, so I guess technically. Um, and as we're going to find out, uh, a lot of the the meat of the story for the Justice League and, and things that come in the future come from the Wonder Woman arc. Yes, yes. Um, and so I think she ties in a good deal to the that part of the title, 
of the series. She is one of the few characters, one of the few, we have three characters we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> of the three, she's the one who doesn't really have the monster side right. to her. Uh, you know, Batman is a vampire. Superman is, um, you know, he is ultra powerful, but doesn't have a moral core that, or, or as strong of one as like Kal-El had. Uh, but Becca here, she's not fighting any kind of evil, terrible urges. Um, she's not hiding any deep, dark, monstrous secret. Uh, she has secrets that we're going to find out when the movie <laughs> comes along. But um, she's not she's not fighting monsters within. She is remembering monsters from her past. Yeah. So that that side of things is there and she's fighting monsters without you know they aren't within but they are definitely without and coming after her yes and she doesn't want to hurt them because they're people but well, what are you gonna do they're monsters so so the title gets used there but it's it's not so much the struggle that she has or a struggle for other people to to look at her and say what which one is she because she's fairly helpful and yes. not, not a threat. Well, and then there's definitely an arc to the character because uh, in the comic book, you definitely see a change in her from the comic book to the short. Uh, yeah. She seems a lot more jaded. Yeah. Uh, and a little unworldly than in the comic book. I would agree with that. But then it's been 40 years well, since the events of the comic book. More. 50, right? Yeah. Yep. I 50 guess so. years. And so who knows how long she was on the run, you know, going from planet to planet through the boom tube. Yeah. And that right there is character defining. You know? and, and then, yeah, 40 years of wandering the earth, not feeling like you belong. And so where does she find her belonging? Well, Steve Trevor, apparently, you know, Superman and Lois Lane, not a thing. Nope. But Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor? Well, sort of. They're kind of a thing. Yep. In the short, the animated short, there's an implied history for them. Yes. And we don't actually see it in the comic at all. She, Steve Trevor's not in the comic at all. But this is where, probably you know, wasn't born yet. what's that? He probably wasn't born yet. <laughs> actually, you're yeah, probably right. Uh, and so there's also a change in the status quo for her. Because she is somehow linked in, tied in with these official governmental agents. And so the question is, what what happened between now where she's a basically, a, you know, a lone wolf uh, and, and then where she's got this history with Steve Trevor. That's not just a um, you know, relationship, but it's, it's professional. There's a professional history there, too. Well, and I think you're right that that the short happens after the Justice League is already established. And I think I would say that's probably pretty accurate. I think the Superman short is as well. Yeah. With one possible. Well, yeah, the same with the Batman short. Batman short could be whenever. Yep. It wouldn't have to be one or the other. But yeah, so. I guess your question, which one of these is my favorite? Yep. I think we'll go there and and then we'll we'll kind of wrap things up here. But 
Uh, my favorite of the three. Well, know, that's, that's tough. Before you answer, I'll give you a chance to think about it. Okay. Let me tell you why Wonder Woman is my favorite. Okay. All right. And one of these reasons might shock you and our listeners. Um, I like this Wonder Woman way better than normal Wonder Woman. I'm not shocked, but that is interesting. Yes. Um, uh. One uh, one reason for that is uh, I'm not a big fan of magic in storytelling. It's just not my thing. I don't like it. Um, and so the fact that she's from space, I like that a lot better. Um, plus, I love all the stuff with the, the new God, new Genesis and Apocalypse. I love that kind of mythology. So it's cool that you have another hero from there who's being Wonder Woman. Her costume, for the most part, is a lot more modest than regular Wonder Woman. Um, she's got a cool hat. Um, <laughs> she's got a cool sword. Instead of a uh, lasso. It's, yes. It's the sword. She still has a weapon, which I, I like that. But And it's a cool looking weapon. And um, then, like I said, I feel like she's just more approachable as a character to me. Wonder Woman for me, Di- Princess Diana, for, and a lot of stories I read her in, is very off-putting to me just because like, she seems like so commanding. And like the only people who could ever approach her comfortably would be Batman and Superman because they're also so commanding. Batman because he just is, and then Superman just because of who he is. He never feels threatened by anybody. And I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's just a weird quirk for me, but like seriously, I don't know of anybody except for supervillains in their arrogance who who seem like they're they can approach Diana Wonder Woman and not like feel inferior to her. And and the fact that she's royalty also just kinda to me I don't know. I just I feel like I can't walk up and talk to her. I feel like I can walk up and talk to Batman and he would brush me off, but I'd know that's just him. Yeah. But I feel like I don't want to try to be nice, but I still feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, with, with Superman Kal El, I feel like you could walk up to him and he would for that moment in time, you'd be the most important thing in the world. Oh yeah. Uh, uh definitely more so than Gods and Monsters Superman. Yes. And I think you're right. You know, now both Batmans, though, would be unapproachable. I mean, one, okay. because he's Batman, and the other, because he's a, a vampire who would drink your blood if he could. <laughs> Which is a problem. I mean, that that's that that puts a that's a problem for any relationship, I believe. So, yeah, um, yeah, I uh, my favorite character, I, I'm probably going to go with Superman. And it's because of the things that he. But. Superman because of where he ends up at the end of the movie and the potential that he has now and kind of how that is fulfilled. I, yeah, I, the Batman, it was just a comic book. He wouldn't be your favorite. No, no. And and with Batman, he wouldn't be my favorite because the story itself, you know, the vampire who's fighting off the, the need to drink blood. It's not the most original. We've, face the facts here so yeah. yeah but yeah uh wonder woman i like her and i like her story the best but i think it's superman and his struggle because that's really what a- attracts me to the superman story anyway 
is the Superman story, I see it as someone who has power, who has abilities, but who holds himself in check and uses that power and abilities responsibly. And it's a, I think it's a, a lesson for us, you know, to use what we have responsibly and to be responsible with what we have and to, um, you know, check ourselves and not use everything that we have at our, at our fingertips. And this new Superman, he's, he takes that, uh, that idea to that negative. And yeah, so I, I I'm going to go with that for my favorite. So, Hey, Evan, how can people find you online? You guys can find me at facebook.com slash static blade podcast, which is my podcast. And uh, we talk about all sorts of cool, nerdy things. Currently, we are doing a series uh, on uh, comic books, and it's a lot like what you'll find here in the comic book time machine feed. And uh, we're going through the Superman comics of the early 2000s, which is one of my favorite time periods of Superman comics. So if you'd like to check that out, uh, come on by. And as always, you can find me here at comicbooktimemachine.com. And we talk about comics and pretty much that's it. And so uh, we're going to get in the time machine and go to August 12th next time. And uh, if you're following this in real time, you will find this episode in your feed tomorrow. If you are following this in, you know, after everything's already dropped, well, it's just going to be in your feed. Don't worry about it. But like I said before, you can go to comicbooktimemachine.com slash gods and monsters to find this this five uh, episode series about Justice League gods and monsters. And so I really can only say one thing until next time. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. <laughs>